Hi, am I on the air? Yep. Fuck. Thanks. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Is this thing gone? I said shots to Nick and Dawn. Him on the air radio every Sunday night, man. What up? Red Dragons. Shout out to the boy, Nick. I see you done. You about to witness the real talk, real talk. Put it in your air. We reach it for the sky, but we put it in the air. Not a glass jar, but I tell it to you clear. Am I on the air? We rock. Here's your whip, man. Am I on the air? Here's this mic here for nothing. My demographic pull do box office numbers. Weekend reviews said we number one getters. Now y'all on here, we're number one getters. Uh, turn it on, Nick and Dawn. And I'm like, turn it up, what the fuck, eh? We air it out, wear it out, and we winning. Him on the air, follow back, and we trending. You can't tell me what I bet not be. Don't give a FCK about the FCC. I'm the head for the hellas, voice for the voices. Him on the air, Sunday night, and I'm off this. Another edition of Am I on the Air? I am your host, Don Mega, and uh, welcome to the show, everybody, in this Easter edition of Am I on the Air. It's April 20th, 2014. This is Season 8, Episode 11, Deuces. So, what's up? Welcome to the show. Um, Going to bring you up to speed, uh, your weekly roundup in the world of entertainment news, TV, music, movies, and this week's new movie review is going to be a Haunted House 2. So um, strap on in for the ride, and let's uh, get through another week's worth of entertainment news. I'm going to kick it off with the review of a Haunted House 2. And I'm sure I'll get a lot of shit for this, because you know what? I love the first one. And you have to have a certain type of humor (laughs) to really enjoy... Uh, the Haunted House movies. And, you know, the first one was a pleasant surprise for me. I've always been a big fan of the Waynes Brothers, and I think that that kind of takes you, you know, you have to at least have that locked down first to kind of get their humor. Um, when they did the first two scary movies, that was that was my shit right there. I used to love parody films, and um, the first scary movie is one of the best parody films ever done. It is so hilarious. Part 2 wasn't as good as the first one, but still pretty damn funny. Then the Wayans Brothers left afterwards, and then another company took over, and that's who did Scary Movie 3, 4, and 5. Um, you know, there's just always been something about the Wayans Brothers' humor. Like, I love white girls, I love little guy, I love, you know, all the movies that they've been associated with that they've actually had creative input on, I've really enjoyed. Last year, Marlon Wayans um, wrote and did this movie called A Haunted House, which wasn't really a straight-up spoof movie. It just took elements of like paranormal activity and stuff like that and kind of did its own storyline around it. And I really found the film pretty damn funny. Don't get me wrong. It's stupid as shit. <laughs> it is really damn stupid. And you just have to really go down, go into this movie, shut your mind off, 
and they really just have a silly sense of humor. And I, I really do. I don't take anything. I, I try not to take everything so serious. And if you can't just shut your mind off for, you know, 80 minutes, then I guess stay away from these films. But if you have a really silly sense of humor and you can just enjoy like a slapsticky, stupid spoof comedy, I don't see why you wouldn't like this. Um, you know, so Haunted House 1 took my brother-in-law with me, he was like, man, I gotta see this movie, and he actually enjoyed it, you know, and, uh, so now when the second one came out, I was like, you know, we gotta do it again, right, so he was like, alright, alright, I got enough laughs out of the first one, I'll go see the second one, which, he felt kind of the same way about the second one, and I gotta say, I once again thought that he killed it, um, I thought A Haunted House 2 was hilarious, and for some people, I'm gonna be in the minority on this, you know, um, (laughs) It's one of those films that from critics, no critic likes this film. So I love that I get to be the one critic that's like, go see this. Um, It's funny, man. It just really is. This one, he spoofs a lot of, he still does Paranormal Activity, but he does uh, The Conjuring. He does Sinister. He does The Possession. um, There's a little bit of Mama in there. Um, So so it's a good handful of movies. you know, pretty much it takes place a year after the first film, and he's trying to move on with his life, but, you know, the new house he moves into is haunted, he now lives with his new girlfriend, which is played by Jamie Presley, uh, she has two kids, uh, with her, um, his neighbor is Gabriel Iglesias, uh, Mr. Fluffy Man himself, and, uh, he's hilarious as well, um, you know, Cedric the Entertainer pops up in this, you know, reprising his, uh, priest role from the first film, which is awesome as hell, um, you know, I still don't know if I like the second one more than the first, um, but I felt, when I walked out of it, I felt like they were pretty much on par with each other. Like, I I didn't really feel like one dominated two or two dominated one. I kind of look at them across the board on, like, the same playing field, so to speak. Um, You know, there was some stupid parts in this, don't get me wrong. I mean, not every joke, you know, hit. But when the good ones hit, they were fucking hilarious. And, you know, I've been lucky, too, because for as many people that don't like these films, when I saw the first one, I saw it in a very pretty packed theater, and everyone was really enjoying it. And that made my experience go up because of the, just, you know, the fun that people were having in the theater and the response that people were doing to the jokes. And I got pretty lucky on the second one, too. You know, when I saw this opening night on Friday, um, you know, about a half full theater and everybody was, you know, cracking up at all the same parts. And like, it was, it was really good because it wasn't like there was only a couple of us laughing at these jokes. I mean, the whole theater was busting up laughing. We were, you know, people were clapping. I mean, it was pretty damn hilarious. So, you know, it, like I said, I'm going to get shit for this. And, and let me try to explain it, uh, you know, a little bit better. It, it's hard sometimes to explain my uh, star scales at points. Because some people just see stars and they expect a certain level out of a film. Now, I've explained before with comedies, I kind of based the, the star scale on comedies with how much did I laugh. You know, did, did it provide me as many laughs as I possibly could have wanted out of this movie? That's how I kind of judge a comedy film. So, let me explain. So, A Haunted House 2, I gave four stars to. You know, four out of five. So, most people are going to see four out of five, and they're going to be like, get the fuck out of here, four out of five, are you serious? Like... 
you're saying it's it's an awesome, amazing film. It's not that it's that because you know it's silly. It's silly, you know. And and there's some parts in there that I was a little embarrassed watching, but you know, it's not about that. Like I said, with a comedy, it's about did I laugh my ass off? Yes, I did. And there's not much more that they could have done. I mean, it, it's it's a silly slapstick spoof movie. What do you expect out of this? I got what I wanted. He made me laugh my ass off. There was plenty of scenes that, that almost had me in tears because I was laughing so hard. So why wouldn't I give it four stars? You know? Um, you know, my, my brother-in-law, for example, he, he rates films based on what type of movie it is. So even though even though when we walked out of this film and he laughed his ass off and he was like, yeah, there was some funny-ass parts in that film... He was like, the movie was stupid, though, and I would only give it a couple stars. And I'm like, but did you have a good time? He's like, yeah, I had a great time. The shit was hilarious. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of confusing because it's like, okay, so you thought it was hilarious and you laughed a lot at the film, but you're saying it's stupid and you would only give it, like, two stars. Like, to me, that's confusing. That's more confusing than me saying I'm going to give it four stars because I'm being upfront and I'm being honest. Four stars is based on a laugh meter, you know? Uh, at one point, I contemplated doing a different review method for comedies and doing it like four smiles or four chuckles, like something different than stars, just to kind of really explain this in a different route. Because people are so quick to see four and think that I'm saying this film is amazing. And that's not what I'm saying. This film is fucking stupid. But you need to be able to shut your brain off and have a very silly sense of humor. You know, it's not for everyone, and I understand that, but it's for me, and I and I enjoyed the hell out of it, so, you know, my hat is off to Marlon Wayans, he makes these films dirt cheap, he makes these films for like $2 million, and then they make like 10 or more opening weekend, so they're mad profitable, so I'm sure we're getting to Haunted House 3, so, and I'll be there again opening weekend, so, you know, I just wanted to really take an extra minute just to kind of explain where I'm coming from, when I say four stars, I'm not saying like, oh, this should be nominated for an Oscar, this is gonna, this is one of the most smartest comedies I've seen in years, no, this isn't that type of comedy, this is just a silly, shut your mind off comedy, and for what it was, it made me laugh my ass off in plenty of parts, that based on how a comedy made me feel, I had to give it four stars, because I rate comedies based on how happy, and how much it makes me laugh. And that's what this did. So once again, it's not for everyone. If you saw a Haunted House 1 and you hated it, then stay away from a Haunted House 2 because it's just more of the same shit. There's several jokes and several kind of ideas from the first film that are rehashed in this one because they worked really well in the first and they work again here. But but it's a lot it, it really is a lot of the repeat method and if if this humor is gross out or just stupid and vulgar and you could not stand the first film, then I'm telling you right now, stay away from this one. But if you laughed at the first one and you thought it was a pretty funny movie, then I'm suggesting to you right now that you need to see A Haunted House too, because it's just as funny. Alright, so I hope, hope that clears it up and I hope that kind of sets the record pretty clear. I don't know how much clearer I can make it. If you hated the first, you'll hate this one. If you love the first, you'll love this one. Plain and simple. But for me, four out of five stars. I? <laughs> All right. Haunted House 2 in theaters now. Let's move on, my friends, to the news of the week and get you caught up. There hasn't really been that much, honestly. So uh, we'll rapid fire through this and, and bang it out. And uh, yeah. So 
Um, I don't think there's anything too, too big this week, but some, you know, nice little tidbits throughout the week. Uh, number one, there's been a lot of rumors going around that um, Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be a villain in the new Star Wars Episode Seven film. Um, an interview happened with him last week, and he was quoted as saying, uh, you know, I hate to tell you all, but it's not going to happen. Uh, his quote exactly was, won't happen. He says he's talked to J.J. and all this stuff, but he, he says he is not a part of Star Wars. So... <laughs> even though he has flat out said I'm not a part of Star Wars, there's still a lot of people that are like, he's lying. <laughs> you know, he also said he wasn't con in Star Trek Into Darkness, and guess what? He was con. So, who knows what to believe, but at this point, we can only take the guy on his word, and on his word right now, it's that he is not in Star Wars Episode Seven. Um, Hemlock Grove. If you didn't see Hemlock Grove, Hemlock Grove was a kind of a horror... Uh, werewolf kind of uh, thriller thriller show that was on Netflix. It was a Netflix exclusive show that debuted um, last year, and it was pretty good. I didn't get to finish the first season, but I watched a couple episodes. Um, Eli Roth is involved, and um, you know, Fomka Jensen's in it, and it was pretty decent. I don't know why I didn't finish it. Honestly, I need to. It's just it's these Netflix shows. They just I. I I space them sometimes. I'm so used to setting the DVR for the week and watching everything on the regular cable box that I forget about Netflix sometimes. But um, Hemlock Grove did very well on Netflix, and it's coming back for a second season. And this past week, Netflix confirmed that the second season of Hemlock Grove is going to debut on July 11th. So very, very cool. July 11th, Hemlock Grove. We have the first trailer for God's Pocket. Um got a couple trailers actually for the last couple movies that Philip Seymour Hoffman was involved in, not counting the Hunger Games films, uh, but one is called God's Pocket and the other one is called A Most Wanted Man. Uh, so both of those trailers are up on the Twitter and Facebook page. Um, now for those of you who don't know, Sony is looking to do a Venom movie. They're going to do it, they've already greenlit it, it's coming. Um, rumors are swirling like crazy now. That Venom will be facing off against Carnage in the Venom film. Um, where the rumor started with Carnage was right now there's a marketing thing going on. It's a Tumblr site um, for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's supposed to be like a mock Daily Bugle. And they release news and information all the time on it. And some of it's supposed to you know, be little hints and ideas for the movie. Some of it's supposed to be forecasting for upcoming films. And that's where this kind of started. An article ran in the Daily Bugle stating that, um, and the article is written by um, Eddie Brock, who becomes Venom. And the article goes on to talk about um, Cassidy uh, being arrested and being, you know, held in um, the, the sanitarium and all this stuff. Uh, the, the guy that got arrested, of course, is the guy in the comics that becomes Carnage, which... I love Carnage, and I've been waiting ever since the first Spider-Man film to see Carnage up on the big screen. So, my fingers are crossed because a Venom movie with Carnage as the main villain, it sounds like a dream come true to me. So, you know, there's nothing confirming that that's the way they're going, but uh, seeing some articles with the guys over at Sony, and they're kind of like, you gotta wait and see. So, they're not denying it. They're not, you know... Saying it's coming for sure, but at the same token, they're not denying it, which I take for a big thing. I think this is definitely um, showing some signs over uh, for that. So hopefully that is all well and good, and we will see Carnage take on Venom uh, within the next couple years. Harrison Ford is curious and excited 
about Blade Runner 2. So this is really, really cool. Um, you know, Blade Runner is a Blade Runner 2 sequel is something that's been talked about for a long, long time. And, um, almost every year they're like, Oh, it's coming. No, it's not coming. Oh, it's coming. No, it's not coming. Um, it's on the agenda again. And, um, right now it looks like motion is going on it. And Harrison Ford is very excited, um, to be a part of it. So that's pretty cool. Cause, um, I don't think a Blade Runner sequel would work that well without him. So very cool. Um, USA has renewed the show Chris Lee Knows Best for a second season. I know nothing really about this show, and this actually comes on after Monday Night Raw, which I watch every single Monday. And um, I have no idea what this is, but it looks stupid as hell. And I think it's only been on for like two or three episodes, and the USA Network has already renewed it for a second season. So, Jesus. Oh, my God. They'll renew anything these days. Uh, We have the first official trailer for Gone Girl. Um, up on the page, and this is uh, a pretty cool teaser. Um, this is the new movie starring Ben Affleck. This is based on a book um, by Gillian Flynn. It's directed by David Fincher. Uh, in the book, Ben Ben Affleck's wife disappears, and they think that he murdered her, and there's all kinds of twists and turns and this and that. I did not read the book, but my wife did, and um, she's super excited for this film. I haven't seen her so excited for a movie in a long time. Um, but yeah, Gone Girl, the first trailer finally released. Just a little teaser, it's about a minute and a half long, but it kind of sets up the premise pretty nice. So we got an update on the next latest actor attached to the role of Black Panther. Now Black Panther, of course, is a Marvel superhero that we've been talking about for many, many years because he's somebody that's been on the rumored list for a long time that he's coming. And, uh newest actor attached to the role of Black Panther is Chadwick Boseman. For those of you who don't know Chadwick Boseman, he played Jackie Robinson in the 42 film that came out last year. Uh, He'll next be seen in um, the James Brown biopic, Get On Up, playing James Brown. So he loves biopics, and uh, I think it would be cool. You know, he's a pretty decent actor, and um, I can see them getting somebody like him, you know, more up-and-comer, uh, not established type actor uh, that could step into a role like Black Panther. So take it for what it is. It's just a rumor still at this point, but pretty cool um, to actually hear some thoughts on Black Panther finally getting his his deal. Um, David Fincher, who we just talked about on Gone Girl, um, he was set and they were going after him, trying to lock in a deal for him to direct uh, to direct the new Steve Jobs biopic film, and um, he actually has. Um, stepped away from the project. So David Fincher has exited the Steve Jobs biopic. Um, It's a little unfortunate. He's a great director, and I think he could have done something cool since he did The Social Network, and I kind of was getting The Social Network vibe out of doing another Steve Jobs film. Um, But we'll see where it goes. Um, We have a pretty cool video up on the Facebook page. It's the opening fight scene from X-Men Days of Future Past. This is uh, a pretty cool, about a minute and a half scene of like Bishop and Kitty Pride and Iceman and Blink and Warpath, everybody just doing their thing, kicking some ass. So it's a pretty cool, ch- check that out. Um, Samuel L. Jackson may actually return for Die Hard 6. 
Uh, this gets me excited. Um, I mean, they really shouldn't be doing a Die Hard 6, but if they do, the idea of Samuel Jackson coming back, he was in Die Hard 3, um, this makes me kind of excited. Because uh, I love Samuel Jackson in Die Hard 3, and I just love Samuel Jackson, period. So seeing his name attached uh, makes me makes me pretty stoked. So um, he may be coming back, so keep your fingers crossed on that. I think that might help uh, Bruce Willis step his game up. Uh, Hans Zimmer will return to score the Batman vs. Superman film. This is really cool because his score was amazing for Man of Steel. So very, very cool to hear that he's going to come back from Man of Steel 2. ABC still hasn't de- hasn't decided whether they're going to do another season of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. Uh, it is on the bubble, but they're talking about it, they're discussing it. And so on top of doing the second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they're also looking at doing an Agent Carter film as well. Um, of course, Agent Carter, uh, based on the role that Haley Atwell played in the original Avengers film, or not Avengers, but original Captain America film, she also helps, helped uh, form S.H.I.E.L.D., so they might be doing a show with her as well, because uh, ABC's love and being a part of the Marvel business. Um, Friday the 13th is getting rebooted, we've talked about this before, and right now they're in negotiations with VHS director David Bruckner. So, he is in negotiations to take over the Friday the 13th reboot. Magic Mike 2. Girls ready? Magic Mike 2, better known as Magic Mike XXL, is slated to hit theaters officially on July 3rd, 2015. So, there you go. It didn't have a release date yet. And now we've locked it in. July 3rd, 2015. Magic Mike XXL. Our honest trailer of the week is for The Wolf of Wall Street, and it is hilarious. You can check that out on the Facebook page, Honest Trailer, Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, in our Everything Wrong With series, we've done uh, Everything Wrong With The Matrix in 12 minutes or less. Um, in some pretty cool news, we actually reported this back when it was a rumor, and now Universal Pictures has confirmed it. Um, as you know, uh, production has restarted on Fast and Furious 7, and um, Universal Pictures acknowledged and, and uh, confirmed that both of Paul Walker's brothers are helping to complete Fast and Furious action scenes. So, supposedly from the report, it states that most of Paul Walker's dramatic work was all filmed. Like, that's what he had done in the can. Um, but a lot of action shots were not filmed with him yet. So both of his brothers look pretty much alike him. And, and so they're using him for, they're using them for like stand-in shots, action shots, distance shots, stuff like that. And then they can also use them to, uh, then CG Paul Walker's face on top. So, um, pretty cool. I, I love that Universal's doing this. I thought it was pretty cool when this was a rumor and it's cool to see them come out and officially announce it. So Paul Walker's brothers helping to complete Fast and Furious 7 in honor of their brother. Um, I'm excited about this. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley are reuniting with director Adam McKay for a new movie called Border Guards. Will there be a couple guys trying to protect the border from immigrants coming, and I think they get caught on the other side of the border and then have to try to break out from Mexico to get back to the U.S.? Um, I'm telling you right now, this is a winning combination. These three did Step Brothers together, which is one of my all-time favorite comedies. Will Ferrell, John C. Riley, and Adam McKay together is nothing but comedy gold. So I am all aboard for Border Wars. Um, Sharon Stone has joined Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg in a new movie called American Ultra. 
We have the Red Band trailer for Walk of Shame. That's the new film starring Elizabeth Banks and James Marsden. Um, we have the third and final trailer for X-Men Days of Future Past. I'm stoked on this, man. This trailer is so good, and it finally gives you an idea of the storyline of the film. Um, this one is focused more on Wolverine, and he's explaining, you know, like, to, to young Professor X how he got sent back in time, and he needs their help, and um, the only thing that bugs me about this trailer, and I can't wait to see how the movie explains it, is the fact that young Professor X is walking in a lot of these scenes, and that Beast is not blue. Um... You know, Beast is a character that cannot just turn it on and off. And he turned blue and kind of hulked out in the in X-Men First Class. So why is he in his human form in this film? I don't get it. Uh, and Charles, of course, got shot at the end of First Class and wound up in a wheelchair. You see him in the wheelchair in the trailers for First Class, or for Days of Future Past. But then you see plenty of other scenes where he's walking around with no issue. So, I really need some explanation, because every time I see it, it pisses me off, because it just makes no sense. Um, but I won't take, I won't let that take away how amazing this trailer is. I was glad that Fox dropped one more trailer for us, and I can't wait. We're about a month away. X-Men Days of Future Past hitting theaters. It's going to be awesome. Um, we talked about the rumor before, too. We'll stay on the X-Men click for a while now. Uh, oh, before I get to the rumor, let me just also announce that this past week, they announced that Anna Paquin, um, who is in the film as Rogue, we reported months ago that her scenes got cut out. Well, it was announced this past week that actually she will be in the film. Uh, not that her scenes are put back into the movie, um, but there was just some other scenes that were shot that are being used that she is involved in, so you'll see her in the film. They're saying chalk it up to kind of a cameo type role, so it's nothing huge, um, but she will be in the film at least. So I'll take it. I'll take anything I can. Love Anna Paquin and, and very excited to see her back in the film. So Rogue is in the movie. And lastly, on the X Men front, um, this was a rumor a couple months ago where we heard the producer of the X Men films, Laura Schuler Donner, was saying that if she, it was up to her. Channing Tatum would be playing Gambit in the X-Men films. Then a couple mo- then about a month ago or so we heard Brian Singer say that they're looking at using Gambit and Nightcrawler in the next X-Men film in X-Men Apocalypse. Um after the MTV Movie Awards last weekend, they did an interview with Channing Tatum, and Channing Tatum uh, confirmed that he has actually met with the X-Men producers, and he's been in talks with them about working something out. So whether that is a solo Gambit film, or you know him joining up for X-Men Apocalypse, that's to be seen, but this is actually moving along better than a lot of people thought. Because this was just a rumor, and now... They're confirming that he's been in negotiations, and he's been talking, and they've been trying to work out a deal. So, um, kind of cool, you know, he, he says that he loves the the character of Gambit, and that if he could play any X-Men, it would be Gambit anyway. So he's pretty stoked on it, which makes me kind of stoked on it. Um, my only beef is I really want Taylor Kitsch to come back. Um, I like Taylor Kitsch. I thought he did a pretty decent job with the role in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Um, he didn't get to do too much in it, but what he did, I didn't think was bad, and I don't think that, you know, they need to recast the role. I mean, if they do a Deadpool movie, they're looking at Ryan Reynolds to do it, so why can't Taylor Kitsch get another shot at being 
Gambit, you know? I don't know why they feel the need to, you know, recast it. But if you're going to recast it, you know, Channing Tatum was probably a pretty good pick for Gambit. So, because the guy can carry his own movie if they want to do a Gambit spinoff. And, of course, do the ensemble films. So, we'll see. But, you know, don't be shocked when all of a sudden I'm announcing that they've confirmed that Channing Tatum is Gambit. Because it looks like it's heading that way. Um, Back to TV news. FX has ordered a third season of The Americans. Um... Adam Carolla's Catch a Contractor has been renewed for a season two. Um, congratulations to Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg. Uh, they got engaged this past week, so very, very cool on their behalf. Congratulations. Um, the View is going to be doing a special for Barbara Walters' um, you know, retirement. They're going to reunite all past and present co-hosts. Everybody that's been a host on the show is coming back. It's going to be the first time ever. Fargo debuted on FX last week, and Fargo premiered to more than 4 million viewers. So, real big hit already for FX, and all the reviews have been super solid for this show. I meant to DVR it last week, I forgot to. I'm kind of on the fence if I want to get into it or not, but I've been hearing nothing but good things, so I might have to check it out. Um, in some weird sequel news, I don't know where this came from or why, but Robin Williams is set to return for a Mrs. Doubtfire sequel. Uh, Christopher Columbus, who directed the original film, says he's going to be back to direct the sequel as well. I don't know why we need a Mrs. Doubtfire sequel. I don't see the point. I don't see the need. But I guess it's coming. So, there you go. Um, Production has began on the new movie San Andreas, starring The Rock. So, he has uh, just started filming that film. Uh, We have the first trailer for Eli Roth's new horror film. It's called The Green Inferno. This is a new teaser trailer as well. looks kind of, I mean, it's hard to say what it looks like, because it's it's a very small teaser trailer, but, um, it's, uh, it's like, it's shot in the jungle, and he, it, there's a little tag on the, on the trailer that says this film was shot in the Peru jungle, and the tribe shown in this film have never been shown on camera before, and it looks like some kind of weird jungle tribe who capture these Americans and then torture them and and God knows what else. So it's Eli Roth, so it's going to be something kind of creepy. Um, But yeah, it's called The Green Inferno. If you're a horror film, I suggest checking that out. Um, In some sad news, kind of going back to the... uh, I kind of almost didn't even want to talk about this, but you know, it's my job here to to inform you on all the entertainment news. Um, We were just talking about all the X-Men stuff and everything. So X-Men director... Brian Singer um, is being sued. Uh, it's a civil suit, and it came out a couple days ago um, that he supposedly, allegedly, sexually abused a 17-year-old boy back in 1999. Um, it's interesting um, of what surrounds this, and I don't know how much I want to get into it. Um, I, I'm a strong believer in innocent until proven guilty, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe Brian Singer is innocent until I hear something different, you know. Why now? For 1999 and just now this kid is coming out, or this man I should say at this point is coming out saying you know that he was sexually abused or raped in 1999. 
And why would you come out a month before the dude's new movie is about to release? You know, and like I said, this is a civil suit as well, so the dude just wants some money. So this seems like a very quick cash grab. Um, you know, Brian Singer's lawyers are saying this is bull, they'll fight it, They're, you know, he's got nothing to worry about. Supposedly, this took place in Hawaii, and Brian Singer's lawyers say they have proof that Brian Singer wasn't even in Hawaii at this point. So, I don't know where this is going to go. I really hope it's not true. I hope this doesn't damper X-Men Days of Future Past, because it could, with you know, depending on what comes out in the next month. Um, but, we'll see. Innocent proven guilty. But, like I said, it's not it's not news I really want to, you know, I care to talk about on this show, but you need to at least know about it. Um, in Spider-Man 2, the post credit scene is actually an X-Men Days of Future Past scene, um, which got a lot of the internet all riled up, thinking like, oh my god, there's going to be an X-Men and Spider-Man crossover. You can breathe, because there's not going to be a crossover. <laughs> The scene that's at the end of Spider-Man 2 is actually just a clip from Days of Future Past. It doesn't mean that anything's connecting or that there's a tie-in. And the only reason that they're even doing that is because the director of Amazing Spider-Man, Mark Webb, he had a deal with Fox. He had a contract with Fox to do a movie, and then Sony asked him to do Spider-Man. Fox gave him approval to go do Spider-Man, but then said, you know, we want something in return at some point. And now they're basically cashing in, saying, you know, here's what you could do for us. You can promote X-Men in your Spider-Man film. So they, you know, instead of doing an after credit scene for Spider-Man, which they don't really have anything set for Spider-Man 3 or Sinister 6 or Venom or anything at this point, so they said, sure, we'll just tack on a scene from uh, Days of Future Past. So a pretty cool scene with um, Mystique and Havoc and Toad uh, fighting on a military base. Uh, has been tagged on to the end credit scene of The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is only about two weeks away until that comes out. So that's the explanation of the X-Men cameo. We also have another Everything Wrong With. It's the Everything Wrong With, The Hobbit, Desolation of Smaug. Congratulations to Sony uh, again. Sony's PlayStation 4 sales have surpassed 7 million units. So that is awesome. It is kicking the Xbox One ass. And I love it because I'm a PlayStation man through and through. If you're on PS, go ahead and add me. DX Don Mega. Um, Orange is the New Black is returning on June 6th. And you can watch the first trailer for Season 2 now. Check out the link over on the Twitter page. The Lego Movie is headed to DVD and Blu-ray on June 17th. Um, Chris Pine is in talks to star in a new Disney Coast Guard drama based on a true story. Um, Sinister 2 has been greenlit and is moving ahead with Citadel director. Um, so, I don't really care about the director. Just make a damn good movie and give me some more Bagul. Because Bagul was a cool-ass demon scary character that they just dropped the ball on in the first Sinister film. Make this dude scary as hell in the second film and make him carry the movie and I'll appreciate Sinister 2 a lot more. Um, Zack Snyder says the movie team up of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman is kind of epic. Yeah, I think we all knew that. Uh, but he was pretty stunned. Yeah, I guess he was doing some costume shoots with just some stand-ins wearing the new Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman costumes. And he, and he said he took a picture on his phone and he was just looking at it and he was saying how awesome it was to see those characters standing side by side. You know, and he was like, man, I wish I could show you guys what this looks like, but I can't because then everybody would kill me. And <laughs> he's right. Um, so, but that is very, very cool that they did that. Um, 
I would die to see that picture. I'm so curious to see what the new Batman outfit looks like. And I'm very curious, actually, to see what kind of Wonder Woman outfit they're going to go with. We have another new trailer. This is for the film called Third Person. It stars Liam Neeson and Olivia Wilde. And what I didn't know is, actually, this film is pretty star-studded. I mean, I'm trying to think back now to the trailer, but... And on top of Liam Neeson and Olivia Wilde, I think, like, James Franco is in there, and Mila Kunis, and, um, there's a handful of other people, too. Like, people just kept popping up in this trailer, and I was like, damn. Um, so, yeah. Got another new trailer for Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys is directed by Clint Eastwood. It's, of course, based on the Broadway play. Um, this is another one that my wife is, like, goo goo gaga over, um, and I could care less. <laughs> but the Jersey Boys trailer, uh, it comes out this summer, has been released, and you can check that out on the page. Fox is canceling its Saturday night ADHD programming block. So, I didn't even know they had this, but I guess Fox has an animated block on Saturday nights that's kind of like animation for adults. It's called their ADHD, and uh, they're actually canceling it, so no more. I'm pretty excited about this, but Gwen Stefani is in talks to join NBC's The Voice in the next season. We already talked on a previous show about Pharrell. Um, standing in for CeeLo, that CeeLo was out, and Pharrell was joining the team. Um, now they're saying that Christina looks to be out, Christina Aguilera looks to be out of the next season, and that um, Gwen Stefani would step in to take her spot. I really hope this works out. I love Gwen Stefani, and I think she'd be a great addition to The Voice. Um, I like when they're mixing up the judges. I think that this really works for the show. I think the judges should be swapped out all the time. You know, I don't know why, um, you know... Adam Levine and uh, Countryman get to stick around every season, but then the other guys got to keep swapping out because I really enjoy Shakira and Usher, but it's like they're like can only do every other season for some reason. I don't know, but uh, if anybody can join and it's Gwen Stefani, I'm super on board for that. Um, and pretty cool news, Sci-Fi Channel has renewed Face Off for a seventh season. That's pretty cool because I love Face Off and I've um, been watching it for the last couple seasons and. Uh, it's a really fun show, so it's good to see it come back for a seventh, seventh season. Um, in a little bit of music news, Prince is returning to Warner Brothers Records after 18 years. Yes, for the first time in 18 years, he returns to Warner Brothers. I'm pretty shocked about this because I'm a big Prince fan, and you know, back in the 90s when people bought music all the time um you know he was on warner brothers and and he hated his contract i mean that's really what prompted him to change his name to the symbol and then he used to write slave on his cheek he used to always walk around with this word with the word slave written on his cheek and that was to warner brothers because he said he felt like a slave to the record label and he always had to do what they wanted and he didn't want to do that anymore the downside to the business is that warner brothers owns you know pretty much all his greatest hits so, to play nice, he worked out this new deal, he now gets ownership of his original recordings, and then he also promises to put out a new album on Warner Brothers, so, um, you know, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, let's work together, so, it makes sense if he wants to get his original recordings back that he works out a deal with Warner Brothers, so, you know, congratulations for him doing the best thing for business. Um... I was a little sad by this, but some the Spider-Man producers have nixed multiple studio crossover suggestions. Um, the guys behind Spider-Man said, you know, don't look for him to be joining the Avengers anytime soon. Uh, that, and that Sony does, wouldn't even contemplate doing a crossover film unless they completely ran out of, de- out of ideas and got desperate. <laughs> 
So that kind of bummed me out because I don't think it needs to get to that point for you to want to put him in Avengers and see your character on the big screen with some of the other biggest characters ever in comic book movies. So I, I felt that that was kind of cocky on Sony's part to be like, oh, we'll only do that if we're desperate. You know, and it's a little cheesy, but what can you do? You know, uh, I, I'm, I've pretty much given up hope on crossover films anyway, but it was just a little sad to see Sony kind of pull that card. Um, uh, CW has set their summer schedule, including the return of Beauty and the Beast. If you want to see the full summer schedule, I'm not going to get into it here, but you can see it on the Facebook page. Um, American Idol has also announced their 2014 tour dates. So if you're a fan of the show this season and you're looking to see the group on its 40-city tour, um, same thing, head over to our Facebook page and check out the link of the tour dates. Um, <laughs> a little funny piece of news that actually just came out tonight. Um, it, it was released by the makers of, Dawn, of uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which is a sequel to Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The film takes place ten years later, and, and if you know anything about the film, you know that James Franco was not involved with the sequel. Um, he, of course, was the main character in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And uh, I was a little bummed by that, because I thought that he was really, really good in the first film. So I, I was a little saddened that he wasn't coming back. Um... Over the weekend was WonderCon, and uh, at WonderCon they did an interview for the movie, and they were talking about his character and stuff like that, and they explained that um, James Franco's character dies at some point between the first film and the second film, because it does take place like ten years later. Uh, They don't explain how, but I'm guessing it's the virus that spread. Um, But the studio said um, James Franco will have a cameo role in the film. And that basically it'll be like a flashback scene or um, like Caesar might be watching some kind of old footage or something that has him in it. But that James Franco would have a cameo role in it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm glad they at least did that. And then I read a funny article, which I posted on the Twitter and the Facebook page, um, called No One Bothered Telling James Franco That He's in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. And in it, um, basically, they asked James Franco, like, you know, what was it like to do your cameo role? And he was like, what? I did a cameo role in that film? No one told me. Are they even allowed to do that? So he he's playing coy, or he's genuinely shocked that he is actually in this film. Um, so now it's speculation that basically they're just going to use some you know, deleted scene or some kind of extra footage that they had from the first film and kind of recycle it for the second movie. Um, I hope that they film something special with him and he's just being stupid about it. Um, but you never know. But I, I found it very funny that they were like, nobody bothered telling James Franco he was in the new movie. Because um, he, he did seem generally shocked about the cameo role. He's like, I did a cameo for that movie? Um, so I'm guessing at this point it's just reused footage from the first film. But... You never know. I, I hope that he filmed, like I said, I hope that he filmed a, a cameo and he's just playing kind of coy about it to kind of try to keep it a surprise because no one knew about it until WonderCon this weekend. And um, that, my friends, is going to get us. That's it. And that's all the latest news that gets us up to speed. And now let's run on over to. Oh, wait, you know, hold on. Let me check one more thing while I got you here. Um. Yeah. 
Uh, I actually do have another article uh, up on the page that you should check out if you're interested in um, summer box office and uh, all the big releases that are coming out. Um, this is a big, big article, and I was gonna—I was contemplating going through it with you guys, but I'm not gonna waste the time going through it. But what this does is it's called um, the article is called. Uh, I'm sorry, I just totally lost my place on it. Um, box office forecast studio by studio breakdown this is actually a really cool article just posted over the weekend that actually breaks down each studio so it talks universal disney you know sony and it and it breaks down all the films that the studio has releasing this summer and like what's posed to do good and you got you know um godzilla and edge of tomorrow and jupiter ascending and um x-men days of future past and you know, Transformers 4, and Hercules, and, you know, 22 Jump Street, like, all the big films coming out this summer, and, um, kind of where they line up for each studio, and what, you know, might do well, what might not do, do so well, back and forth, so it's a really cool breakdown, just if you're curious of everything coming out this summer. Alright, now we're gonna head on over to the music charts, so we'll bang through this real quick, as we always do. On to the top 10 albums. Coming in number 10 is Here to the Good Times by Florida Georgia Line. Number 9 is Shakira with Shakira. Number 8 is Crash My Party by Luke Bryan. Number 7 is Everlasting by Martina McBride. Number 6 is Somo by Somo. Who the fuck is Somo? Uh, number 5 is Catacombs of the Black Vatican by Black Label Society. Number 4 is Welcome to the New by Mercy Me. Number 3 is She Looks So Perfect by Five Seconds of Summer. Number two is Girl by Pharrell Williams. And number one is the Frozen soundtrack. Going on over to the top singles. Alright, top songs. Number ten is Counting Stars by One Republic. Number nine is The Man by Adel Black. Number eight is Turned Down for What by DJ Snake and Little John. Number seven is Team by Lord. Number six is Pompeii by Bastille. Number five is Let It Go by Adina Menzel. Number four is Talk Dirty, Jason Derulo featuring Two Chains. Number three is Dark Horse by Katy Perry featuring Juicy J. Number two is All of Me by John Legend. And number one, once again, is Happy. Let's go on over to our releases and box office. Uh, Nothing really big is hitting DVD or Blu-ray this week, just some TV shows. In theaters on Friday will be Brick Mansions. The Quiet Ones, and The Other Woman. I'm going to try to see Brick Mansion, so that should be your review for next week. And our box office top 10, number 10 is God's Not Dead, 4.8 million. Number 9 is Noah with 5 million. Number 8 is Oculus with 5.2 million. Number 7 is Divergent with 5.75 million. Number 6 is Draft Day with 5.9 million. Number 5 is A Haunted House 2 with 9.1 million. Number 4 is Transcendence with 11.2 million. Big bomb for Transcendence right here in Johnny Depp. Um, this movie cost over $100 million to make. They were estimating it would do a $20 million opening, and it only did 11 Ouch. Number three is Heaven is for Real with $21.5 million. Very nice debut for that. And number two is Rio 2 with $22.5 million. And number one for the third week straight, and well-deserved once again, Captain America the Winter Soldier with $26.6 million, number one, three weeks straight. 
All right, my friends, that'll do it for us tonight on this April the 20th. I want to shout out my baby girl. My little baby girl is five months old today uh, as well. And, of course, happy Easter to everybody. Um, RedDragonsRadio.com is our main affiliate where you can listen to us on demand. The Access Radio Network, you can follow on Twitter over at Access Radio. And UltimateSportsTalk.com, you can follow on Twitter at ULT Sports Talk where we're on demand. Of course, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, if you head on over to our website, click on the iTunes tab, and you can get a direct link to that. Amiontheair.com is the official webpage. Go ahead and bookmark that, where you can listen to the show every week. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash future... Uh, future, that's my old show. Uh, facebook.com slash air. And on Twitter, follow us at Am I on the Air, and follow me on Twitter at dxdonmega. You can, of course, download the Stitcher Radio app to listen to us on the go as well. Thanks everybody for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time for the next Am I on the Air. Peace. Don Mega, Don Mega, Don Mega.